As the days go by, schedules are getting tighter and life even busier, making it easy to get drowned in the many distractions of the day. But in the busyness of the day, God still calls us to completely turn down the volume of noise around us and draw closer in fellowship with Him. Quiet your spirit, dear one. God has a word for you today. We pray that the entrance of the word of God will bring light and impart understanding to your hearts. Just as a quick recap, for the first night, I guess the key message was for things to line up, for the good news to come. How many of us remember that? And I know by the word of the Lord, things have started lining up. Things are aligned for the good news to come your way. In the name of Jesus, we did establish that the birth of Jesus in Bethlehem had been prophesied by Micah in Micah chapter 5 verse 2. But unknown to the players in the fulfillment of the prophecy, their actions, pronouncements, and decisions were fitting into a heavenly plan. One day, we will know that that thing that happened to us was plugging into a heavenly plan. You know, friends, there is another form of life. And that life is plugging into heaven. So that your decisions and your steps are ordered by the Lord. So that when it even feels like you are being delayed, the clock of time will start from where you are. Is somebody in the house of the Lord. I want to plug into the things of God. Last time I gave an illustration that world systems can be perceived as running around an oval, like a 400 meter race on a school field. And sometimes you may think you are late because you see other people ahead of you. In fact, you see the finishing line over there. Everyone is racing towards that finishing line, but you may find yourself behind. What if the finishing line is moved from that place to where you are? Then it becomes the finishing end. So all those ahead will have to go around the over to where you are positioned. I speak to you about a God who is able to change the post to where you are located. Things must line up. Friends, ever since I caught this mystery, I've been crying out to God. In fact, this morning I woke up and in my spirit, all I said was, come on spirit, line up. Line up, line up, line up, line up. For heaven has an agenda for his people today. I pray in the name of Jesus that all things will line up to favor you. This was our first night. The actions of Emperor Caesar Augustus, the decision of Joseph, the obedience of Mary, the physiology, the body of Mary, they were all aligned. These components, these players in history were aligned for the word of God to come through. Can I affirm Jeremiah chapter 1 verse 12? Just the latter part. It speaks of God saying that he looks after his word to perform. I am watching this. Oh, I love the version over there. Can we just read a lot of that together? 
I am watching to see that my word is what? When God says he's watching, brother, he's watching. His eyes are steadily looking. So when there is a deviation, he will shift the wheel. When there is a delay, he will push the wheel. When there is something blocking, he will take it off. Because he is watching to fulfill his word concerning you. If God did not deny us of his son, why would he not, in addition to his son, add all other things to us? In Jesus' mighty name. Again, that was part of the first night. Jeremiah saying that he looks after the word to perform as of God. Let all things line up to fulfill God's purpose in your life. Don't miss this. Even in 2022, when some things are going some way, hear the word of the Lord. Things must line up. Things must line up. I hope that point is sharp in your spirit. Is that God is working a plan. <laughs> and it is for my good. If a person doesn't know Christ, he's in big trouble. Because the day you signed up, the day I signed up to receive Christ in my life, you know what happened? My DNA was changed. My identity was changed. And my new understanding of that identity is that from now on, because I know Christ, I may not know how. I may not know when. My identity is that he's working a plan. And it's for my good. Isn't that good? Maybe we can put our hands together for Jesus. He will bring the good news. <laughs> Friends, my mindset concerning the things of God have changed. Things must line up. Then I also know that I may not know how. I may not know when. But God will bring the good news. He's working a plan. God has a plan. Just trust him. Just trust him. Let's go back to our team test. We are continuing from where we left off the other time. Luke chapter 2. We can start from the verse 8. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. Please follow the reading carefully. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today, in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in clothes and lying in a manger. So let's continue from where we left off. And I believe the Holy Spirit will take us into the depths of his word. The verse 10, as we explained the first night was that the angel was preparing the minds of the shepherds. As pastor has been saying, people at the side of angels get frightened. So usually it begins with, do not be afraid. Do not be scared at all. Take it easy. I'm bringing you good news. Then, what was the good news? We deduce from the verse 11. That he came saying that, do not be afraid. I'm bringing you good news. 
And that good news is going to bring great joy unto all people. Then the verse 11 explains what the good news actually was. He says that today in the town of David, and I explained the three components to validate a matter. There must be a reporter. There must be the date of the incidents. And there must be what? A venue. Do you remember that? The three things. A reporter. So the angel is reporting. He's assigning a date to it, which is now as I speak. This date as I speak. So if you're a historian, look for that day the angel spoke. He's telling you that it was a physical date in the calendar of humanity. Therefore, you can verify it. Then he also gives a venue where the incident was happening. Then he is the one reporting it. When you study the book of Job carefully, you will see that the disaster that came, each time there was somebody coming to report it. He tells when it happened. He tells the incident and describes it. Then he says that I am the only one left to come and report to you. The three conditions for the validity of a matter. It's affirmed in scripture. On this occasion, he says, today in the town of David, a savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. So this is the good news. I asked the question and said we should go looking for the answer. He did not say that he is the savior. At least in that text, he says a savior. In other words, he is being compared with other types of saviors, if I'm to use that word. He's being compared with other interventions. He's being compared with other people who appear to provide a kind of solution. He was brought at that level. But the angel was quick to clarify that even if you decide to put him at that level, for him, he is the Messiah. For him, he is the chosen one. For him, he is the anointed one. You may decide on the basis of moral teachings to put him at par with other people. When he says, love your neighbor as yourself, refer to the great teachings. Refer to the people living in Buddhism. Refer to the teachings in the Quran. You would trace things that seem to suggest that, yes, this moral principle is universal. So maybe Jesus is not unique from that perspective. In fact, if you're talking about people who are living right, people who will claim that their lives are righteous in their own sight, forgetting that the standard is that of God. If we decide to call something red and it's accepted by the manufacturer as red, you can choose to call it green, but it is still red. Because the author of life, the producer, has declared that thing as red. As red. So you can put Jesus at the same level. And the world seems to be doing that. There's a convention even in the European Union now trying to make Christmas ordinary. Just like a holiday. You may even want to bring it to the level of Ramadan, Idul Fatal, and all that. You may even want to look at it as Halloween or whatever you may want to call it. But I come with the good news that when you put it at par with all other things, remember that Jesus, he is the Messiah and he is the Lord, the Savior unto all. The Savior unto all. 
you miss him, you've missed all. <laughs> I speak Jesus unto anyone there who has not yet met him. He is God's chosen one. You see, when you decide to go to Kumase, towards the north, there's a route you have to use if you are from Accra. You may have to pass through Sunghum, you may have to go through Nkokoa, you may have to, for those who are familiar with the path I'm describing, you may decide that, oh, ask for me. I'm going to call Ho Kumase. Therefore, I am moving that direction. No problem if you like go. But when you get to Ho, you will realize that the description of Ho is far, far different from Kumasi. The author of life has given a pathway unto himself. The author of life has given a direction unto himself through his son Jesus who has been given unto us. Let the whole world hear that he is the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through him. Jesus is the way. He is the chosen one. He is the Messiah. He is the Messiah. You see, Hebrews chapter 2 verse 17 goes on to say, For this reason, he had to be made like them, fully human in every way. So he can be similar. He can be linked to other people. We've got no problem. In, the reason is that so that he might become a merciful and faithful high priest. He's been explained over the in service to God. And that he might make atonement for the sins of his people. In Jesus' case, we've just established he's the Messiah. He's the Messiah. <laughs> right. So you can put him at that level, but he's the Messiah. Let's go deeper for today. The Lord was just opening my eyes to something I believe has prompted my heart for years, and I'll keep talking about it. There are many interventions. You see, if we take educational systems, what we're trying to do is to help improve the lives of people and help them to get to a certain level. Please follow this concept carefully. It's core to a lot of what we will be sharing. If you take medical systems when people are not feeling well, these systems are intervention mechanisms to help us get better. But you would agree with me that when the person was better, eventually, what happened? He would die some years to come. So it is not the ultimate solution at all. It's just an intermediary mechanism. Let's take the legal systems. Yes, they try as much as possible to help us to ensure that things are done fairly and we are treated well. But it's based on evidence. So if you provide evidence which is convincing enough, you are likely to win your case. But it's not necessarily the truth. Dear one, you've been listening to God's anointed minister of the gospel, Apostle Professor Kwabna Ejapon Kudia. He's a man with deep understanding of the word, an associate minister of Pentecost International Worship Center. PIWC Accra is a ministry of the Church of Pentecost. After the thief was set free, it did not take away. These are the things I want the world to really cut. It did not take away that tendency to commit or to steal again. It did not. The person has been set free. When you look at education, like I was illustrating, it teaches, it gives us how to conduct 
ourselves. But you see, it does not take that inner thing. I've always had a belief that you push a person of my color. You push a person who is just like me to a tight corner. And you see whether he's learned or not. You will see that there is something in the person that has to be dealt with. Take our financial systems. Get the best economist. Get the best financial analyst. The system will still struggle. Do you know the secret behind this? All have sinned and fallen short of what? Of what? Shout it. Of what? Of what? Of what? That thing that is to beautify our system, that thing that is to make us glorious, all have sinned and we have fallen short of that. Therefore, the best solution I've stated this time and again, I want it to be ingrained on the tablets of our heart. The best solution provided by every human being has embedded in it another problem. Did I explain last time that you may think we are advancing? Let's get the best roads. Let's get the best cars. When you go home, check the number of accidents. Check it. You may think that you have enhanced education, you have done this. When you go home, check terrorist attack and these uh, things to do with Adolf Hitler and you see that it started in a school. The best intervention and the best solution provided by human beings lead to another problem. The reason is that all have sinned. So you see in the scheme of things, for God so loved the world. He was thinking about people created in his own image. And what should I do? These guys are not going to have it. At some point in time, the Lord prompted my heart to even understand that death is a blessing. You know why? If you look at the consequences of sin, if you look at the implications of sin on humanity, I can imagine that out of love when God was declaring his justice, he said, let me end your life. So that they can come to me and enjoy. Because in this life, you have troubles. So now, dear ones, because sin is ingrained upon the tablets of the hearts of people, God had to deduce a way around it. Man has sinned. But you turn with me to Psalm 89 verse 15. Psalm 89 verse 15. Blessed are those who have learned to acclaim you, who walk in the light of your presence. How would this be if a people are still sinful? For the foundation of the throne of God is righteousness. Therefore, if you live your life anyhow and you are not engaged with God for him to forgive you, there is no way you are able to fulfill this. The foundation of God's throne is justice, is righteousness. And God cannot act against himself or against his word. Turn with me to Habakkuk chapter 1 verse 13. Habakkuk 1 13. God is holy and will not tolerate sin. Look at it. Your eyes are too pure to look on evil. He's referring to God. His eyes are hot, too pure 
to behold or look on evil. You cannot tolerate wrong. In other words, God had a big problem. When man sinned, he had to execute judgment. And it was the severest form of it. For him to do that, he must fulfill himself because he cannot tolerate sin. He cannot see. His eyes cannot see sin. And therefore, man must go. The punishment should be severe. And I can imagine that its implication was that of what we are seeing today. Satan will be having a holiday when Adam and Eve sinned. The reason is that that would have been the master card against God. To cause people to rebel against God would have been the master card. And when the angels sinned against God, they were not forgiven. It is not for angels that the son of man came to die for. It is for us. So I can imagine Lucifer and his team saying that if we let the man sin, he will become like us. He will be abandoned forever. He will be put in chain. The punishment we had, these are going to be severer. But in as much as God was executing judgment, embedded in it was his love, was his love. And he had a plan, he had a plan. Let's just look at the plan and we will learn. The key thing is how would God forgive man? Out of his justice and the punishment, how is he going to forgive man? You see, for God to do that, he had a solution. Job gives us a hint. Job chapter 9. Let's look at Job chapter 9, verse 32. He is not a mere mortal like me, that I might answer him, that he might confront each other in court. Let's please add a 33. If only there were someone to arbitrate between us, to lay his hand upon us both. This is Job connecting God, bringing him to court. And he is giving something extremely divine. He says that if only there were someone to mediate. And you see, the arbitration process over there is to lay one hand on who? God. And lay the other hand on who? Job. So if we bring it to our contest now, when man sinned, all we needed was someone who will lay hand on God and someone who will lay hand on who? Us. The mediator. Someone who will be in the middle to stretch to man. Someone who will be in the middle to stretch to God. When we were worshiping, I had this strong urge, and I even confessed it, that there was something hidden in the counsel of God. No angel knew about it. No human being knew about it. It was a formula hidden when Satan thought that he had won over the battle in his counsel. He had provided a mediator, someone to lay hand over the Godhead and someone to lay hand over human beings. This is Jesus Christ, our Lord. Jesus Christ, our Lord. If only there was someone to mediate between us, someone to bring us together. So you see two people, God and us, 
But think about it carefully, how the script is worded there. It means that the person must be God to be able to mediate for God. <laughs> Do you get it? I think last time I gave you the illustration. With my little, in fact, I, I have no background in law, but just based on observation. The thing that is common between, say, a judge and a barrister is what? It's law. Is that right? Because they are all dealing with one thing. The thing that is common between a barrister, the barrister, the one who has gone to, to court to defend or present a case, and the one who is judging, there is one thing which is common between them and it's law. You are using one thing. So to mediate properly, you must have something in common with the judge. So for the one to stand in the middle, he must be God to be able to mediate for God. When we say Jesus is God, this is the basis. He is God. If you aren't God, you can't mediate for God. But to represent man, you must also be And uh, <laughs> there is only one God man. <laughs> to mediate for God, you must be God. <laughs> and also, <laughs> to represent mankind, you must be a man. Because the process of representation for mankind is through death. You must be human to die. So this time, when the angel comes to Mary and says that the Holy Spirit will come upon you, the power of the Almighty will rest upon you, and that which will be contained within you will be of God. Do you see God and human being coming together so that that which is contained in the womb of Mary is truly God and also truly human so that he can intercede. He can mediate for God and also stand in for man. The wisdom of God is unsearchable. So in Matthew 1.21, when the angel spoke to Joseph, he said, she will give birth to a son and you are to give him the name Jesus because he will save his people from their sins. Wherever you are, the one who came to save people from their sins, his name is Jesus. He's the chosen one. He's the anointed one. Come to him. But now, if you have already believed, I bring you assurance in the word of God that your sins are forgiven. Your sins are forgiven. Your sins are are forgiven. Hebrews 12, 24. To this Jesus, the mediator of a new covenant, and to the sprinkled blood that speaks, I like the rendering of the NIV, a better word. Maybe not worse, because there is one thing that needs to be said for the arbitration process to complete. <laughs> Do you know that word? Forgive. Forgive. So he speaks a better word. A word that speaks to the Father. Forgive. 
Because you have been forgiven, you have access to the throne of grace. You have access to God. Galatians chapter 4 verse 1. What I am saying is that as long as the heir is a child, actually he was referring to Jesus. As long as he's young, some conditions prevail. But I'm extending that scripture to bring us into the context. So look at it carefully. What I am saying is that as long as the heir is a child, he is no different from a slave. He's a royal, all right. He's heir to the throne. In him, although small, is powerful. But as long as he remains a child, there is no difference between him and what a slave. Slaves can even instruct him. They can dictate his way of life. Although he's an heir, the throne, the estate belongs to him. We are heirs to many things. But as long as you remain a child, there is no difference between you and the slave. Shall we walk out not behaving as just children in spiritual matters, but remembering that we are heirs to the throne. The spirit of the Lord is ours because we are heirs to the throne. The great things of life belong to us because we are heirs to the throne. The things of God are ours because we are heirs to the throne. He says that although he owns the whole estate. Now look at the verse 2. He is subject to guardians and trustees until the time set by his father. Now move on to the verse 3. So also, when we were children, we were in slavery under the basic principles of the world. Because you have been forgiven. Everything in life aligned to the purpose of God to bring you good news because you are an heir to something great. It's my prayer in the name of Jesus. Because Christ Jesus has stretched forth his hands one to the triune God and one to us. May we now walk in victory. May we now walk in the blessings of God. May we now indeed walk as people who have been forgiven. And therefore we have access to the throne of grace. May the Lord strengthen us and bless us. God bless you. We hope your heart has been quickened by hearing the word of God through this message. If you desire to accept Jesus as your Lord and personal Savior, please say this prayer with us. Lord Jesus, I believe you are the Son of God. You came to die because of my sins. I therefore accept you as my Lord and personal Savior. I will serve you all the days of my life. So help me, God. Amen. If you just said this prayer, we welcome you to the family of God. Are you looking to find a place of worship where there is relevant teaching, heartfelt worship, passion, and action toward the unsaved, constant prayer, 
compassionate care for the needy and honest Christ-centered relationships. Join us fellowship at the PIWC Dome at the Accra Technical Training Center, ATTC Kokomlimli Accra. Our Sunday services, first service, 7 a.m. to 9 a.m., second service, 9.30 a.m. to 11.30 a.m. God is still working miracles. Join our Wednesday dawn prayers from 5.30 a.m. to 7 a.m. Where there is a man to pray, there is definitely a God to answer. Join our Friday prayer meeting, Dad, Cry Out, from 6.30 p.m. to 8 p.m. For more information, contact us on 020-877-9774-0277-144-128 and 050-2444-814. You can also visit our website at piwcacra.org to know more. And let's get interactive on all social media platforms at piwcacra. Until next time, we pray that you would reach out by faith and receive everything that's yours through God's grace. You are blessed.